I just passed Rick. Question for you. Do you know how to move forward in your life? Sometimes you get stuck. I know during the season we've gone through here, there's a temptation to get stuck in one place. I want to show you how to move forward. Paul gave some really simple advice that can make the difference in your life. So get your Bible open to the book of Philippians. It's going to be amazing. You'll love it. Chapter three. I want to show you how to move forward in your life. So stay right there. Welcome back. This is Pastor Rick. I'm so glad you're back with me. I want to share something with you today from Philippians chapter three. And I want to show you something that will help you move forward in your life. Now, all of us get stuck in seasons of my life. I felt like I was moving forward, but I realized I wasn't. The question is, how do you move forward? How do you get past where you are? How do you move from where you are to where you need to be? And the, the theme for the year has been what is the truth you need to face, right? in order that you keep running from? That's the big question for the year. What is the truth you need to face? Well, maybe the truth about moving forward, the fact that you're not moving forward is something you need to face. That if you look at your life, are you stagnant? Are you in a place where you shouldn't be? Now, I do believe there are times when you should be still. There are times when you should not get another job. You shouldn't get another house. There are times you shouldn't date anybody else. There are times you should just stop moving for a minute to reassess. But once you've done that, there is a season when you need to move forward. Philippians chapter three, verse 13. Let me read it for you. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do is what he said, forgetting what is behind. Paul says, I have not arrived. I have not achieved. I have not arrived at my goals. But let me read it for you again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have arrived. I've taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead or reaching for what is ahead. I pressed on toward the goal with, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, there are four words there that are really important, four things, four pieces of advice that Paul gives that I want to talk about in the next few weeks. The first thing he talks about is the importance of forgetting. Paul says, I've learned that, you know, I've, even though I haven't achieved everything I want in life, I've learned the power of forgetting. Now, the older you get, that's scary, right? Because you start thinking about, well, I don't know if I want to be a forgetter. I mean, because if I'm a forgetter, that could mean something pretty bad. And I don't want to be a forgetter. Well, Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind me. I've learned the importance of that. Secondly, he says, I've learned the importance of reaching. Or the word in the Greek really means to strain forward, the idea of straining. And he uses this analogy of a runner who's running like to, to win a race, and he's straining to reach the tape, right? He's pushing himself forward. There's something about reaching, having the capacity, if you want to go forward in your life, you have to reach, you have to strain, do, do something that's not easy to do. Thirdly, he says, you have to press. So he talks about forgetting, reaching, and pressing. There's something about that dynamic that's really important. And fourthly, he talks about believing. So those are the four words that we're going to talk about. Now, each one has its own characteristic. Each one of the words we're going to talk about today in this text over the next few weeks has a specific thing that it emphasizes. The first one, forgetting requires a high level of maturity to let things go. If you're going to be successful, if you're ever going to get anywhere, you cannot hold on to what happened. You know, in sports, they tell you, if you miss a shot, don't dwell on, I'm, I'm, on the fact that you missed a shot. Get back to defense. 
There's something about being clear that there's a maturity in letting things go and not holding on to what happened to you, what someone said to you. That is a sign of immaturity. Secondly, reaching requires a clear sense of direction. That means you know where you're reaching. And you can only reach for what you can see. And if you don't have the ability to see, you're never going to be able to reach for things. It's one of the things that I think hinders a lot of people who don't have experience or exposure. They don't have a clue what to look for. They look in the mirror and they go, hmm, let me see, let me see, let me see. And they don't know what they're looking for. Are you neat? Are you not neat? Are you together or not together? Is your hair okay? Is it not okay? You know, they don't know. But when you have a vision and you put your clothes on and you look at yourself, you can say, does that line up? You reach for what you can see. If you can't see education. The scariest part for me was early in my life, I did not have a lot of academic examples. So a lot of things I didn't reach for early in my life. I reached for it later in my life once I was exposed. And one of the best things God could ever do for you a lot of times is expose you, get you around people who read, get you around people who have money, get you around people who pray, get you around people who, have to, who, are, who are hard workers, get you around people who clean up after themselves, get you around people who are honest. Those things help you reach for things you see. Thirdly, he says, you got to be a, a person who presses. I press toward the mark, he says. That requires a stubborn level of grit. I love the word grit. Grit is a book by Duckworth. I think that's her name. It's really a great book on grit. Passion and perseverance, man. That's what grit is. Having that extra little edge where you press in. It's a great, great study. I love that. whole. I love the word. I love the idea. But in order to be a person who, who presses, you have to have a certain tenacity and grit about you. And then lastly is believing. And that requires... Uh, I put down unwavering faith, but one of the things about that is none of us have had unwavering faith. Believing is about coming to a place where you trust God, even though you may be struggling. Doesn't mean you're sure of anything. It means you know who to follow. And so this is what these are the four things we'll talk about. And each one, each one is um, is important. Now, in our in our last study, we talked about the importance of a person forgetting and how important that is. Now I want to take you on a journey and I want to talk about reaching. The importance of reaching. You must be willing to reach. Reaching is uh, important. Forgetting, as we talked about last time, is important, but reaching is crucial. The question for today is, what are you reaching for? What are you straining for? Now, again, it's so easy to want to do everything that's easy, but it takes courage to say, I'm reaching for something new. Now, if you are around people who are not stretching, as I said a minute ago, you won't stretch. Paul in his, in, his, in his thinking was really clear. I must reach for the future. And I've got to have, he says, when I reach a specific goal in mind and I've got to be committed to a prize I want and I've got to make sure that there's that heaven, heavenly or heavenward perspective. So, I love the fact that he says, as I reach, I'm not just reaching without any direction. I am not just this, this kind of moving around. And there are a lot of people who do that. But there's a specific goal. So I want you to think about this. What, are, what, are your, what is your specific goal for your future? What, what, what are you reaching toward? I want you to think about that for a minute. Because one of the things that helps stops us from moving forward is, we don't really have a direction. 
We're afraid to even establish one. And sometimes I think this idea that God is going to somehow tell you what to reach for. I love the story in Genesis, I think it's 2.19, and where the Lord, um, the Bible says, the Lord went to see what Adam would name the animal. I love that verse. Because he, God, God's omniscient, he knows everything, but he went to see what Adam would name the animals. There are times in your life when the problem is you haven't named any animals. I love to say that. I think it's such a cool thought. That there are moments when it's, it's, it's what does Ricky Temple want? And what is he reaching for? What is he pressing for? What is he straining to get? So I want you to think about that for a minute. What, what, is your, what, are, you, what are you reaching toward in your future? What are you reaching for? Secondly, I want you to think about this. Is it, is, <laughs> is it something that is achievable? Is this something that requires a certain professional skill? It, what, what is it that you're reaching for that is clear in your mind, something you know you, what you want, and some of you, I can hear you saying, I don't know what I want. Okay, that's, that's a good start. At least you, you don't know. Now, just for a moment, think about it and say, okay, I don't have to know, but I have to take a chance. You know, there are a lot of things that I did in life. I didn't, I didn't have a clue. I, what I'm doing right now, I had no clue. I had no idea. And that's okay. But I will never, ever, ever go forward if I don't deal with that issue. And if you could just for a minute stop being over super, super spiritual, if you could stop, you know, just, you know, making some high goal, it could be something very simple, something small. It could be not, not a million dollars. You don't have 500. Let that be the goal. It may not be that you need 20 friends. If you can say, I'm just going to get one. Or here's what I'm going to just, I'm not going to go become a, an Olympic athlete. I'll just walk for maybe a block. It, it's setting something specific that you can do that, that will help you move forward. So here we go. I'm going to give you a list of things, three questions I want you to consider. The first question is this. What are you reaching toward in your future? That's the first question. Is it in, in your personal life? Think about that and in your professional life. I want you to separate those two. In my personal life, these are my goals, and in my professional life, these are my goals. Number two, ready? Second question, what are your specific goals? Okay, what is your target? We need to think about that. Name the target. I want to save this much money. I want to go to church this often. I want to, I want to accomplish, I want to go to these places. These are my vacation goals. I don't care what they are. Set some goals. Paul said, I'm reaching forward to the things that are in front of me. He was real specific. These are the things I want. And then he says, notice this now, notice how specific he is. He says, he says these are the prizes I want. So this is the third question. Number one, what are you reaching toward in your future? Number two, what are, you, what are your specific goals? And number three, what is the prize you're reaching for? I, I think that it's hard for us to name the prize, that there's something in, in especially if you've been a religious, saved, a Christian person, you can have a hard time with saying, this is the prize I want. This is the specific prize I want. And, and then I, I want to ask you this. Do you know anybody that's, that's a winner in your life? Can you name a person who came to a place in life where they won? Name the winners you know. Name somebody that you know who won the prize. Maybe you can learn and be inspired by them. Maybe they're the ones who will motivate you to try. 
Now, I can hear people saying, well, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God to show me. I'm just kind of asking God, and I'm saying, here, listen to me. You're not going to ever get there. God's goal in life is not to come and dictate what you do. Let me scare you. He gave you life, and he gave you life to live more abundantly. What do you want? It really is about that. And I'm not saying that everything you want, you're going to get. I'm simply saying it starts with you participating in the process. Somehow when you think you give your life to Christ, your job is to just sit around and just float and hope he just gives you some idea. What do you want? What are your goals? Paul said, I'm reaching. I'm reaching forward to specific prizes that I have in my mind. He uses this analogy to make a point. Look at the runner. You want to know what I want you to do? Look at the runner. This is the person who has a specific goal, a specific target. This is not somebody floating around, working, doing nothing. This is a person who says, I want this in my life. But sometimes we're scared, scared to name it, scared, you know, and, and I hear, you know, there's a whole, <laughs> I love this. People say, well, you know, back in those days, Reverend, I remember the, the Black, let me get it right now, the Blab It and Grab It group, you know, walk by faith and just claim it and God will give it to you. Yeah, okay, some of that went too far, but some of you have gone too far the other way. You don't blab and claim anything. If you're not careful, there's no direction, and don't feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm simply saying it's okay to say, I want to be a, 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 I don't know, a tree chopper. I don't care. Name something. Say, I don't know what I want to be. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll write a book about not knowing what I want to be. Do something. There's something about you taking your life. But I know, let me tell you, I, I get this, though. Let me tell you what I get. <laughs> oh, God, do I get this. I get what it feels like to all of a sudden have your life choices in your hand. Man, do I know what that feels like. You know, because, you know, when you're, when you're young, you got kids, right, and they're little. Your life is about them. Some of you still talk that way. My life is about my children. It's all about my I'm living for my children. My children are my reason for living. I will never say that. Sorry. I love my kids, but I'm not saying that. My life is for my family, for my wife. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm sorry. My life is for my church. I'm, I only live for them, for the community. I'm not saying that either. I don't believe that ever God ever told me or ever wanted anybody to ever think that way because he gave you life. It's your gift. The problem is you're scared to manage it. If you're not careful, you're scared to dream for yourself. That's why when you get money, you give it all away because you're afraid to have it. You're afraid to have time. You're afraid to have control. You, you get alone. I can't stand being alone. I can't stand silence. I need to be busy. What are you scared of? I'll tell you what, if I'm not careful, what I'll be scared of, I'll be scared of me. One of the most interesting things that people tell me is they said, you know, I hate seeing myself on video. I hate seeing myself. <laughs> I say, why? Because I just can't stand it. You know why? Because it's you. You're scared of you. You're sitting in your house listening to your thoughts, and that's what's got you nervous because your thoughts are all over the place. Your goal should be to reach and go reach for, dream for your life, your prizes. Well, Ricky Temple, let me ask you something. Shouldn't it be about serving people? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Shouldn't it be about, not about you? Shouldn't it be about Jesus? Shouldn't it be about God? That's not what he said. John 10 and 10, he came to give you life. 
you life so you can have more abundant life. Why are you afraid of yourself? Why are you afraid to dream with him? He came along, the Bible says, to be what's called the comforter, to come alongside you, you. You're in this. You're in this. A lot of depression is built around people who, are not, who, who don't have the capacity for all kinds of reasons, pain in their past or whatever, to embrace their life without anybody else, not somebody they love or anybody. And some of you, you just, you're finding it out the hard way. Sex is not doing it. Drugs not doing it. Alcohol definitely won't do it. Smoking won't do it. Fame won't do it. Money won't do it. Plane trips won't do it. Trips won't do it. Because when you finish with all that, you still got you to deal with. You see, God made you because he loved you. And Paul said, I want you to begin to reach. Now, Paul gave some good reaching advice uh, that I think you'll love. He gave to Timothy. I love this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is what he said. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of all his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. <laughs> I love this. I give you this charge, Timothy. Young man, let me tell you what you need to do, buddy. You're a preacher guy. You preachers, listen to this carefully. Here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to reach with careful instructions. I want you to be careful. I want you to reach. Well, here's what I want you to do. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful, careful instruction. I want you to reach, but not just any kind of way. I want the word of God to be at the center uh, and involved in your reaching process. I don't want you to just reach saying anything and, and advising people in any kind of way. Timothy, I want you to reach with the word and I want you to do it right. I love Timothy's talk. I'm not going to go through it here. He says later on, I want you to rightly divide the word. Second thing he says, OK, be careful. Number two, I want you to be informed, Timothy. And I want you to just be a person who's just talking off the top of his head with his own ideas. Here's what he says in verse, verse 2, verse 3, rather. He said, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound teaching, doctrine. That's what doctrine means, teaching. Instead, to, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what they, their itching ears want to hear. I want you to have sound doctrine. I want you to know what you're talking about. I want you to be an informed person, Timothy, as you reach. I don't want you to just reach and not know. Thirdly, he says, I want you to, to be a mature person. So I want you to be careful. I want you to be informed. And I want you to be mature. Verse th four. Then they will turn their ears away from the truth, he says, and turn aside the myths. But you keep your, listen to this now, head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. I want you to keep your head. I want you to be mature. I don't want you to allow yourself to just do anything. I want you to reach with careful instructions. I want you to reach with sound doctrine. I want you to reach with a clear head. I want you to be careful. I want you to be informed. I want you to be mature. I don't want you to just go out here, Timothy, and just do anything. I, I really believe that in this season, one of the sad things I've seen 
is, is there's this almost loose kind of, 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 of um, approach to God and life. And it's almost like just do it any way you want to. And he says, no, 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 no. I want you to reach. I want you to dream. I want you to dream, but I don't want you to just do it any kind of way. I want you to reach with, he says, watch this now, a mature sense of your maturity. Be honest and prepared. Verse 5, verse 6 says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I want you to reach with a strong sense of maturity and mortality. I want you to know that your time is limited. You know, the older I get, that's an incredible truth. Mature people understand their mortality. You don't have forever. I said that a few weeks ago, and I want you to hear me say it again. There's something about understanding your mortality. Be honest and prepared. And then lastly, he said, reach with a heavenward, I love this, and the King James has an upward mindset. Verse 7, I have fought, listen to this, this is, this is like Paul's famous, final, amazing words. These are the words that people quote when they talk about the end of Paul's life, who's in his 60s, by the way. I think early 60s, by the way. And listen to what it says. For I fought the good fight. I have finished the, the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. I am finished. Notice his thoughts and his mind is upward, heavenward. The NIV says, King James says upward. He's, he's not just thinking about here. It's so easy to think about here. You know, and you've heard me talk a lot today about your prize, your future and all that. That is so profoundly true. Young people have a very strong <laughs> tendency to deceive themselves into believing you're always going to be here. And one of their young friends died. They're, they're shocked. Oh, God, I can't believe he, got, he died. I can't believe and, and they're, they're lost because they're not really attuned and haven't been exposed to people leaving. But everybody leaves. So he says, when, when you reach, understand you reach with a strong sense of your mortality, that there is an end to this, that it's not going to be forever. And when you do reach, understand the power of this moment, understand that it's not something that is permanent. In life, you decide how you're going to reach. I hope you reach thinking about yourself. I hope you reach thinking about God. I hope you reach with a clear, mature attitude. But while you're here, press forward. While you're here, strain every nerve. While you're here, give it all you've got. While you're here, make it happen. Paul chose the image of a runner because he wanted to create a certain energy. Push! That's what he wanted people to think. He wanted you to have an energetic, exciting life, a grit. And as a father, I've learned that you've got to have fatherly grit. You've got to press, lean in. And next week, I'll talk about that. But today, I want to pray for you. Father, I ask you to let this be a moment where we learn the power of reaching, straining every nerve, getting up and making it happen, not running from the challenge, fighting our fears, dealing with our issues, but also understanding that we are people who don't get to be here forever. But while we are here, may we have passion, grit, perseverance, forgetting the things that are behind us and reaching, the Bible says, for what's in front of us. Help us to reach for something. Help us to have the courage to not just think about reaching 
for other people. There's find and reach for other people. It's find and reach and serve others. But God, may we learn the power that Paul said, reaching forward to things that are in front of me and not be afraid to do that with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for those today who've heard this message and they've not leaned in to serve Christ. They've not leaned in to give their lives to Jesus. Let this be the moment that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. May they surrender themselves to the living God that can change their life forever. May they open their hearts and minds to the living God that has the power to give them a new life and a new beginning. And may they open their hearts and minds. And I thank you and I praise you for them. I thank you and I praise you for what you're going to do in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, thank you for praying with me today. Thank you for being with us today. I want to encourage you, if you, if you prayed that prayer with me and you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, I want you to, you can email me right there at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org or you can simply, if you're on a device that allows you to, to click on that, I raise my hand and one of the staff would be glad to pray for you. I want you to make sure that you don't forget that this could be the beginning of a new life for you. It's my joy to be with you. Come on, reach with me. Reach for God today. He's reaching for you. I'll see you next time. You have a blessed day. God bless you. Well, I hope you heard today's message. I hope you're clear that if you're going to move forward in your life, you're going to have to forget some things. If you're going to move forward in your life, you're going to have to learn how to press through some things. You're going to have to learn how to reach for some things, and you're going to have to learn how to believe. You have to decide if you're willing to do that, and I believe you can, and your life can be different, but it's about you deciding, I'm going to reach today. I'm going to believe today. I'm going to press past what I feel today, and I'm going to invite God in and forget all the things that would hinder me. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of forgetting, a moment of laying things aside, a moment when they embrace faith and trust you. And I pray that in this moment, they begin to reach and press toward a new thing in their life, allowing you to have your way. May your grace be with them, I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for watching today. I pray it blessed your life. If this blessed you, link it and send it to a friend. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.